Welcome to Thinking Ahead, your leading edge insights podcast. Each episode reveals the latest insights on today's consumers and offers a sneak peek of tomorrow's marketplace. Stop guessing what's next and start thinking ahead. Hello, everyone. Before we dive into today's episode, you might be wondering who this new voice belongs to. My name is Anna Mazumdar, and I'm the newest digital marketing manager here at GFK for the Americas region. I'm excited to share our top insights with you with a variety of incredible thought leaders in this space. We'll dive into various topics and give you insights on today's consumers and help offer a sneak peek of tomorrow's marketplace. So moving on ahead, welcome to all our new listeners and welcome back to everyone that's been with us. So let's dive right in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Thinking Ahead, a GFK Insights podcast. I'm Anna Mazumdar, your host, and today we have a very special guest, Diane, who's a senior consultant with GFK Consumer Life. She's been on this podcast before, so I'm excited to have her back. Um, We're going to really get into the American Women study that she recently did. Um, This study is all about lifestyles, values, and attitudes that women possess in different stages of their careers. And this information specifically is valuable to marketers in terms of how they set up their messaging, how they put their products out there. So I'm really excited for this episode. Diane has produced many of the reports that provide insights to clients across a broad range of product categories with the specialty in demographics and lifestyle. So welcome, Diane. We're excited to have you. Hi, thanks for inviting me. You are welcome here. We are, you know, we're going to really get into the report and kind of go into the different areas of the report. But before we do, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, how this report came to be, and maybe one fun thing about the report that you are so excited about that you just love. (laughs) I'd be happy to do that. My role at uh, GFK Consumer Life is to produce the reports for our syndicated U.S. and global services. So we serve as clients across a broad range of industries, both in the U.S. and around the world. Today we'll be talking about a U.S. report, but I also do a lot of work on the global side, which is always very interesting. So my remit is to produce, excuse me, to produce reports that are relevant to pretty much anybody. You know, obviously some kinds of groups are going to be more relevant to certain kinds of marketers, but uh, we try to talk very broadly about consumers, how they live, what they think, how they feel. um, And that provides a lot of useful information. What we find with a lot of our clients is that they have a lot of depth of knowledge within their own category. And so what we're doing is layering on top of that, the bigger picture of the whole consumer. And uh, that is is in large part what this report on women is about. Uh, Women obviously are a huge market. So there's a a lot to say about them. And um, we try to, you know, point out the things people have in common, the things they don't have in common. um, And that can help people either in terms of mass marketing or niche marketing or whatever they may do. That's great. So this report specifically, American women, you know, how they feel and what they do. How I know you went into it a little bit, but how can this specific report help marketers um, get insight into the different lifestyles and values and attitudes that women possess? What are the different, like, how can this benefit them? I think, again, because we 
take a holistic approach to consumers. We treat them as whole people because lots of times if you're selling, you know, something, marketing something in a specific category, you're thinking about, okay, how do they clean their house? How do they get to work? How do they do whatever? But you need to think about those things in the context of the rest of their lives, you know, what they're doing generally day to day. So I think that's the real benefit is that we place that information that can, you know, the specific markers can use within the context of the whole person. So when you go in and do these reports, I mean, I think it's very normal that as you do a report, you might already have kind of an understanding, not an understanding, but a prediction of what, you know, the results might be just based on your own life and things like that. So I think it's really interesting to get from your perspective, like what was something that was super, I guess, surprising about the report? And then what was something that you were like, yeah, that's what I thought it was going to be. And it was exactly how it came out. Right. That's a, that's a good question. Um, I've been doing this a long time, so not as many things surprise me anymore. That's when you know um, you're good at your job. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that said, you know, what's the point of doing this kind of research if you feel like you already know all the answers? You know, there's no point in asking the questions. So I'm always interested in finding those surprises because to me, that's what, you know, what's interesting is that is sometimes non-intuitive kinds of things that come up. So I was, I admit, initially surprised um, at the extent to which, and you know, we can talk about this a little more. I was, con- I was surprised at the extent to which mothers are consistently more kind of upbeat and optimistic about every, almost everything than than the average woman, um, mm-hmm. especially women who have young children, like under the age of six. So, but then as I thought about it more, because when I find something surprising, I always try to figure out what's explaining it, you know, what's behind it. So as I thought about it more, I realized that this does make sense, really. And it's partly because of the generation to which today's young mothers belong. They're millennials right now, most of them. Right. Millennials in general, we find in all of our studies, are the most upbeat and optimistic group for whatever reason. And uh, so it's partly just because they belong to that generation. And I think it's also because, again, yeah, from my personal experience, that this stage of life with young children is an inherently hopeful kind of stage of life. Um, Kids are obviously a lot of work, can be really stressful and exhausting to raise young children, but it's also rewarding and kids can just be a whole lot of fun in general. So um, these women may be really busy, may have stress, but in general, you know, this this life stage is kind of an upbeat life stage. How can that specific piece of information also help marketers, like knowing that, oh, well, mothers are upbeat, like how would that affect maybe a messaging, a type of ad or whatever it might be? I think it means that they can feel free to, for example, um, portray family, young families, you know, in advertising in a, in a happy way. It doesn't have to be this harried kind of hectic thing where you're going to help people deal with, you know, stress in their lives. Yeah. You can actually kind of angle in on the, the fun part, you know, because that's also a motivator. That's great. All right. So back to the other side of it. So something that you weren't surprised by. One thing that didn't surprise me now that probably would have surprised me a few years ago. So it's kind of a kind of a yeah. sort of thing is the fact that the youngest women, the Gen Z women, are struggling the most in general. You know, we've seen a lot of things in the media over the past couple of years that the pandemic really, you know, kind of moved along. But in terms of mental health kinds of issues and awareness, and I think we've all seen those headlines about the toll that that yeah. this have taken on, especially on young people. 
Um, I also personally think that social media has a lot to do it do with it, and we, we may or may not get into that more later. <laughs> um, but again, a few years ago, I might not have thought that that the youngest people would be kind of the most stressed, the loneliest, the most depressed. But now it's that's clearly the case. So that that didn't surprise me in, in the current day. Great. So, you know, I think that's kind of a natural um, segue into kind of what I wanted to talk about next, which is speaking of like, you know, being stressed and whatnot. So what are some of the values that are possessed by women of different generations? And you just touched a little bit on Gen Z and how can this specifically impact a market marketer, you know, and when they go to cater to the specific audience that they're looking to target? Yes. And uh, before I answer your specific question, I want to give just a little bit of background on how we measure values. Oh, definitely. Right. Uh, We've been doing this for about 25 years Mm -hmm. in our studies. What we do is we ask people to rate a long list of personal values that encompass all kinds of dimensions of life. And we, we basically define them as guiding principles in people's lives. So the things they kind of live by, things they, that are important to them. And then we look at how different groups of people rank these values. Um, we also have a segmentation that classifies people into one of five groups based on their overall values mindset. So anyway, so back to women. There are some universal values that rate very highly for all American women of all ages and also men for that matter. Uh, These include things, concepts like honesty, protecting the family, authenticity, which is being true to yourself, freedom and enjoying life. So those are top values for Americans of all ages and both genders Um, and and to a large degree globally as well, although we're not talking about those folks today. Um, There is additional common ground on the top 10 values list. We ask about 57 values, by the way. It's a very extensive list. Um, There is additional common ground on the top list for all but the youngest women, the the Gen Zers. So in other words, millennials, Gen X, and boomers and pre-boomers, the older four groups, they all place a lot of value on stable relationships, self-reliance, and working hard. And in contrast, Gen Z is kind of the outlier. They look pretty different. Their number one value is social tolerance. Their number two value is equality. Um, And those both rank, you know, lower for older women. And then knowledge is their number four value. So they've got a different kind of mindset. Interesting. And do you have a little bit of insight maybe as to why they're the outlier, why they tend to have a different focus and place values on these specific areas? I think it's it's partly their age. I mean, life stage does have a bearing on values. We find that values in general shift kind of gradually with the times. There are things like thrift, for example, becomes more important when economies are really bad, that sort of thing. So you know, values okay. do shift a little bit in terms of external factors, but the but the really core, you know, deeply held beliefs don't tend to, to shift too much. Um, so I think in the case of the Gen Z group of women today, they are partly reacting to their external environment. Um, it's partly to do with their life stage. They are young people, you know, they're t- you know, in their teens and early 20s. So they have a lot of yeah. other going on that, uh, that are different from older people. Um, and it's also, again, I think part, you know, one of the things that we talk about, really talk about generations is that there are kind of formative things that happen at certain stages in people's lives. And if they share those at the same 
time, you know, with other people their age, yeah. it can have a, a bearing on how they kind of view the world from then on. And so I think that that's partly what, you know, what, what these young women have been growing up with is seeing this kind of growing polarization in the country, politically, you know, socially. Um, yeah. And they're aware of that. They're, they're, you know, they're very, they're almost, they're wise beyond their years in a lot of ways, these young women. So there's hope. <laughs> yeah, there is. So one thing that, you know, I wanted to focus in on just because I think it's relevant in terms of, you know, just today and, you know, with the pandemic still happening, I guess. So two areas that I thought, you know, kind of go together a little bit, I think, but the work-life balance and the mental health aspect of it. And how is that viewed depending on generation? I think, again, if you think about the life stage people are in, right? Mm-hmm. What, you know, what are they doing? Kind of what is their primary activity? Are they working? Are they still in school? Are they, you know, home with children? You know, that's obviously going to have a bearing on, on how they're feeling about things. Yeah. Um, and what kind of balance you're talking about, right? I mean, it might be work family. It might be work leisure for people who don't have families. I mean, it's, you know, but I think you can pretty much say that all women have to balance Something, something, yeah. other, right? <laughs> Always a balancing act. <laughs> right, right. And um, again, we already talked a little bit, about, little bit about how the millennial mothers, you know, with the little kids, seem to be dealing with it maybe a little bit better, you know, um, for whatever. Again, for whatever reason, maybe that you know, just the mere fact of having the children is is you know, well, first of all, it forces the issue, right? I mean, you really you have to you have to balance, or you know, to kind of yeah. Keep, together. I think for younger women uh, in Gen Z, it's probably more a matter of figuring out what it is they're going to balance, right? Decide, you know, kind of making choices about their life path in terms of, you know, work, family. Um, So for them, it's partly, it's kind of more the deciding about what it is they're going to balance. As women get older, what they're balancing shifts, right? You know, children get older, they leave the house. Aging parents come into the picture at some point for a lot of, and again, you know, when we're talking about women, you know, women really do still carry the, the you know, shoulder the, the most, a lot of the burden for mm-hmm. the family kinds of responsibilities. It's just the way it is. Um, sometimes at a choice, sometimes not. So um, through the, and the, the pandemic kind of threw a lot of that, just made that a little more interesting, right? <laughs> just when we got used to it. <laughs> So, and again, the the pandemic affected different groups of women differently, right? Because, you know, for some women, it didn't really change things. You know, older women who are already retired, who are already staying home a lot, you know, yeah. it didn't make much of a difference. For the young people in, in college, obviously that threw things kind of into a bit of chaos. Um, and then for the the working moms, obviously, I think were clearly hit the hardest in terms of trying to, you know, find new ways to manage that balance. Right. Well, speaking of, so what are some of the pain points here? The thing about pain points, which is really useful for marketers, obviously, is that they can help with them, right? They can exactly. help overcome them. So it's really, in terms of both the, you know, the actual products and services they provide, mm-hmm. as well as how you talk about it to people, right? So, right. Um, so I know that I mentioned that the youngest women are the most stressed, but women of all ages obviously experience stress. Um, and even though the, the moms of the young kids are the most kind of upbeat, they're also, they also admit they're the most stressed. So it's kind mm-hmm. of, so um, we also ask about what causes stress. So in addition to saying, how often do you feel it? We also ask people, okay, what are the major causes? And we listed about, I think 18 or 19 things. 
So then, um, and these also vary by generation. So you do have to kind of think about what is it that's stressing the younger women versus the older women. Um, so COVID-19 was no surprise. <laughs> Number one. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Although for the younger women, it was, num it was the second stressor after the amount of money they have to live on. So you, you really need to keep in mind that women under, are under a lot of financial stress in this country as well. Um, Gen X was a little different in this front. Their top stressor is lack of sleep, um, then money, then their health, and then COVID. So they had kind of a different kind of list going. Um, and the other thing that's, this was really interesting, um, it's the older boomer women, so women of my generation, who rank their children highest as a cause of stress. So it's not the ones with the little kids that they're actually raising. It's those of us whose kids are kind of grown and gone, but because they're adults, their lives are more complicated. Interesting. And once a parent, always a parent. So Right. Uh, so it's actually the boomers who find their children the most stressful. That was kind of funny. And uh, yep. It's actually very interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the other, but the, but the other thing is that in general, children, spouses, other family members, pe co-workers, people tend to rank pretty low on the list in general for most people. So it's really the other kinds of factors. The, the, the other things that really uh, cause stress are the pressure, is the pressure people put on themselves. That's a biggie, that's a biggie. And that obviously is related to mental health kinds of, of issues. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the, another thing that ranks high for you, the youngest women, which provides, I think, marketing opportunities of various kinds, is um, not having enough time to, to do what they want to do. Boomer women, many of whom are retired, don't really have that problem, right? Yeah. Lack of time and pressure are things that really affect younger women a lot. So, uh, but marketers can do a lot of things about that, you know? Exactly. I think that's a very key pain point that can be, you know, an opportunity, really. Yeah, yeah. You know, think about ways you can help them, you know, either save the time or, you know, be, you know, be innovative about, um, uh, for the, for those who feel that, who are price sensitive, who feel, you know, money's a big pain point, you know, yeah. think about ways you can help them out in that regard too. Right. Yeah. Hell in their life and career as we, you know, think about the products and the, um, the different services that can help address the pain points that we talked about, you know, where do we see this going? Yep. Well, I don't have a crystal ball any more than anybody else. Does. <laughs> but we could we could certainly speculate about things in an educated way. Uh, one thing we know is that uh, women are going to continue to work. You know, that's pretty certain. Uh, the greater uncertainty is is about the, the path that young women will take. Um, so are they going to focus more on following their their passions rather than money perhaps are they going to look more for you know things that make them you know that they enjoy um are they going to dip in and out of the paid workforce more or less than their predecessors uh, uh did we, you know we it's hard to say but one thing one thing we that's a little bit of a clue is that american women of all ages value working hard over fulfilling work so the, the focus really is still more on the kind of the work ethic than the doing, you know, doing something that's, you know, that's meaningful about the world. Yeah. So even the youngest women, the gap's a little smaller for them in terms of how they rank those. Yeah. Things. But um, that is the case. So it's likely that, you know, women, you know, women of all ages are going to continue work, you know, because they have to. A, um, many of them are heading households either with or without children. Um, so. 
But at the same time, I think women are going to continue, and also women are going to continue that work-life balancing act because, again, because they have to, and that's been the case for a while. And again, the pandemic exacerbated that uh, challenge for working uh, parents, especially mothers. Um, And as someone who has worked from home for 25 years, since my children were very young, they're now in their late 20s, I can totally sympathize with those mothers who had to start doing it all of a sudden. There are so many external factors that, you know, we just don't have any control over. And that's just the way life is, right? You know, we don't have control over the economy, over, you know, political, you know, events around the world, the weather. There are a lot of things we don't have control over, right? So, and people are affected by these things. And women um, can sometimes be more affected than average. Um, Economic downturns tend to, you know, hit women harder, for example. But I think what I think what we're going to see is the stability, the things that aren't going to change. I think that's important to keep in mind, too. You know, I think millennial yeah. women are going to keep being kind of more upbeat and optimistic. I think Gen and I think Gen Z women are going to continue to be a little more grounded. I think I think that, you know, they're what I kind of like to refer to them as sort of um, realistic pragmatists in a lot of ways. How have you seen some of these initiatives, these trends, these things change over time and, you know, especially in relation to the different stages of your career. You know, I. Well, as a as a baby boomer, um, (laughs) I came of age during a time a long time ago when (laughs) women were encouraged to have it all right, you know, to to have the careers and the kids and to be super women. And um, but a lot of our mothers didn't work outside the home. So we kind of had to figure out ourselves, oh, so this is what we're doing. And uh, so we didn't really have a lot of role models to show us how to do that. And it gradually dawned on us, well, at least it dawned on me at some point, that it wasn't so much about having it all as it was about doing it all. Yeah. And I think, um, and at the same time, the generation next, you know, kind of next to us, after us, the Gen Xers, they were continuing to pursue college at, you know, really high rates to the point where, you know, women have been, you know, have surpassed men in college or only for years now in this country um, and made some strides uh, towards equaling men in terms of pay, but not all the way there, obviously. Um, but Even so, through all this, I think we're all aware that women's employment rates remain lower than men's kind of throughout their lives. And this is, you know, because there are various reasons for this. A lot of it is the fact that women are still usually the ones who take a break to stay home with children, care for aging parents or whatever. Um, And when this is a choice, it's great. I think it's great. You know, if you if you have the choice and you make it, that's wonderful. Yeah. Some women don't have the choice. They have to keep working. Some women don't have the choice. They have to stop working. Um, so I think one thing that's gotten better in the decades since I've started working is that younger women may feel less compelled to follow the so-called that traditional path, like to do things in a certain order. Okay, you go to college, then you get a job, then you build your career, then you you know get you married, you buy a house, you have you know just all those yeah. things you know. And it's not that a lot of people don't still do all those things because they do, of course. But um, it's more acceptable, I think, to do these things in any order, or to not do them at all. You know, yeah. I, I think I think that really that really has changed a lot. The, I think the one downside to that kind of change in society is that a lot of choice, too much choice, can also be overwhelming. 
when you I have agree. that whole world open to you, I think, if, you know, instead of having something kind of predetermined, which can be very stifling and oppressive, but right. it also can be a little less stressful in a way, too, because it's like, I'm doing this because it's what I'm supposed to do. When you have that whole world out in front of you, and you you know, and you're told all your life, you can do anything, you can do anything, it can be a little paralyzing. It's almost like, what do I do? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so... I, uh... Um, so I think so a lot of choice can be really overwhelming, um, but it might not, but it might be a lot more rewarding to, to be able to kind of find your own way in the world. So my advice, my advice to women of all ages really is to just be flexible. You know, if you really know what you want, go for it. Yeah. But if you don't keep an open mind, you know, right. um, don't make a plan just for the sake of having a plan and then feel like you have to stick to it. You know, just keep your just options. Readjust as you need. Yeah. Yeah. And on the flip side, your your advice for marketers as, you know, pain points and, you know, situations and life in general is changing for women all the time. How can they, you know, be aware of that and mindful of it and react to it? I think it's kind of the same advice as, as I give to all women. Be just flexible. Kind of keep, yeah, be flexible. Be flexible. Be open-minded. Adjust to changing situations. I think businesses, you know, a lot of businesses did a really good job of doing that during the pandemic. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today. This was a great session. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I think it's there's so many useful tidbits in here as, you know, marketers think about their products. They think about what they're putting out there. So I really want to thank you for coming and, you know, giving your feedback and your advice and shedding light on this report. So I'm excited to have you back. I know we will. I know that you're doing some really great work. So thank you for joining us. I really enjoyed it. Thanks very much. Yeah. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Thinking Ahead. For more information on today's topic, you can click the link in the description. And please make sure to leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you like about the show. And of course, if you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button to keep up to date with the latest insights. We'll see you next time so that you can keep thinking ahead.